nightmare. Every night, it always happened. He'd forgotten how many times the same scene played out in his mind. No matter everything he had done in his life, he could never change the past. The past is what plagued Chrono's dreams, transfixing his dreams to the crushing nightmare of reality. Every time he closed his eyes to try and sleep, it happened. It was a bitter winter, the coldest that Chrono could ever remember. Even thousands of winters later, that winter morning would always be the coldest. Chrono was cold, freezing actually. The night before, they didn't even have a scrap of wood to have a tiny fire. Chrono didn't think it was so bad. His da had kept him close, keeping the small boy warm with what little body heat he had left. Chrono had just turned five the day before. Instead of a party, his da and the handful of surviving knights had fought relentlessly against the uncountable scourge of Rahidian's hellish horde. From the very beginning, the knights and his da, their king, had been outnumbered a thousand to one. That was over a week ago. Food had run out three days ago, but somehow, even though they were all starving, the knights had been able to hold on to a single scrap of apple. Last night, after the demons had gotten tired of hacking the knights apart for the day, they had sung the chrono for his birthday. The apple was one of his birth was one of his birthday presents. Chrono knew that no one else had eaten, so he tried to offer the one apple to the last five knights that huddled around him and his da. For as strong as they were, not a one of them could keep tears from their eyes and the humble gesture, showing that the young prince, a child that should be in a warm home playing with toys, was a picture of what a noble should be. Every knight told Chrono that he should eat. He had fallen asleep against his da, still holding the apple. After the bitter cold morning had woken him up, his teeth still chattering from the wind that blew right through, right through him, Chrono still tried to share the apple with the knights. As the sky on the horizon started to brighten with the coming dawn, eat it, Chrono. It was the only thing we could save for you. It would give the last of the courage. It would give the men courage to last of the men courage this day, knowing that at least you were not starving. His da, the king, smiled down to him, patting the top of Chrono's head. This high up on the mountain of the lost, the wind cut you right down to the bone. Even though the sun was beginning to rise, Chrono and the remaining knights had not seen it in four days. Overhead, the gray churning mass of clouds blotted out what little warmth could be gotten from the winter sun. As if to mock the nights, the first whiffs of snow were starting to fall. The flakes that fell in Chrono's cheek melted instantly. The wind constantly blowing made the young squire think that he would never be warm again. His da left him to eat his apple, pride and love glowing from the king's eyes as he looked at his only son. The king winced when he turned his back on the small boy, biting his teeth. The king surveyed the narrow trail that was cut into the immense boulders that were spread around them in a bowl. The rocks in the small, steep trail 
were the only reason that King Stoneheart and his blast valiant knights were able to weather the storm that was coming up the mountain after them. This mountain was the only advantage that they would ever get against Rohedion and his vile horde. Making sure that no one was within earshot, King Stoneheart poured out his heart to the Great Father. Lord, I have always done as you would wish me to do. My knights and I fight in your name against the evil that you had let loose in this world. I know I will never make it off this cold, cursed mountain. But if there is to be any faith in humanity, I ask one thing of you, Lord. Please, All-Father, let my innocent son see another day. Let him know the soothing warmth of another summer's sun. With his last prayer said, King Stoneheart pulled his heavy helm over his head. The coldness of the metal made his jaw clench up, but it mercifully cut down on the, on the wind that was raging this high up. As if in answer to his prayer, thunder, deep and loud, raged through the skies above him. The flashes of scorching lightning began to strike down upon the mountain. Scant feet away from the mouth of the bowl that was the summit which the brave knights held, with lightning flashing, with lightning flashing light, the king saw them coming. There were so many of the damn things that it made it look like the very ground were surging up the hill after them. The lightning slammed into the ranks of the undead. Every strike consumed hundreds of the forever damned skeletal warriors. But even that was not enough to slow their climb towards the small bowl that the knights held. Boys, you have stood with me against all odds, through every peril hell itself could throw at us from its deepest, deepest, darkest depths. It is an honor I would gladly die for to stand with you all today. The king's voice boomed. The small bowl. A cheer went up from the last remaining five nights. The sound of it shook the very mountain itself. Compared to their soul-wrenching cheer, the thunder paled. But it still rumbled on. Chrono could feel it in his chest, riding right behind the... The knights went to their places, donning their battered and bloody helms. Chrono was left alone, a scant ten feet away. He had just finished his apple. He had been so hungry that he had ate the core, seeds and all. From between the small gaps amid the knights, Chrono could see the first wave come to smash upon his father's shield. The roar that the king I'm sorry. The roar that the king had let out seemed to even scare the Almighty himself. A brutal shove of his shield arm sent the skeletal warriors rolling back down the steep incline. Beside him, his knights hacked into their ranks, protecting each other's blind spots. Push! The king yelled. Every knight shoved with their might, 
sending the rotting remains of the undead to be swallowed up by their feet of the thousands that still tried to come in between the, the king and the knights. Today, this day will be known from, from beyond the grave. This day, they would give their lives up. Never give in, lads! Colonel's die yelled, spearing six bony heads in a single pass of his great longsword. To either side of him, his knights matched pace with him before Colonel could let out a, a yell against the Flashes of thunder and lightning. They all seemed to never stem. The never-ending tide of the dead that rolled up the mountain after them. Chrono knew he should help. Somehow, this was where the dream always slowed down and turned into the nightmare. That haunted Chrono all his long days. His young self, merely a boy in the dream, picked up one of the dead knight's tomahawks in each hand. He never knew why he did it, only that he desperately wanted to help his da. In their last push into the undead, a gap had been left open. Chrono sprinted, sprinted to close the gap. A skeletal hand lashed out to swat the young prince that charged up into the opening. Chrono's tomahawk took off that hand at the elbow. His next swing took off the head of that skeletal warrior. The knights closed the hole, fearing for the young prince that had just saved the life of his father. His da smiled down to him as he swung another round of heads off with his sword. That a boy, Chrono. Chrono beamed with his own pride, being pushed back by his da's foot to stand beside him. Chrono took a deep look into the the small bowl of rocks behind him, just as the unthinkable happened. From out of the very skies they came, the demons. Their skin was as bright red as the blood. That impaled his stomach. Oh, From the blood that was scattered upon the fresh snow all around them. Their eyes held hate the likes of which Chrono had never even been able to imagine. Their teeth were sharp, their claws sharper. They went to attack his da from behind, but Chrono stood in the way, tossing the tomahawk in his left hand to smash into the skull of the nearest demon. Da! Behind you! The knights looked over their shoulders. Chrono could see the last glimmer of hope leave his da's eyes, replaced by a hatred that made the demons look like kittens playing with a ball of yarn. Protect the prince! In unison, every knight roared. Suddenly, Chrono was surrounded on all sides. Da, I can help! Stay down, Chrono! In his distraction, he wasn't able to defend the knight next to him. The knight's armored head landed on Chrono's feet, his body falling to roll into the mass of undead that still kept 
barely enough to mount it at me. No! The scream came as Sir Gawain's last words. His body came ripped asunder by the demons behind him. A huge double-sided battle axe bigger than Chrono's entire body cut through the armor and flesh like a hot knife through butter. Even as his guts spilled out and his lower half fell into the skeletons down the hill, Sir Gawain was able to thrust his spear clean through the skull of the demon that had slain him. The remaining three knights and the king were forced into the small bowl, fighting for their lives just to take another breath. Young Chrono was kept in the middle. Once they were surrounded, they all knew that it was just a matter of time. The demons came. The skeletons scuttered around when the crim and, and slipped in when the crimson black winged beasts of hell fell back for a breath of their own. The king used his shield to hurl a to hurl at a charging four-legged demon into the endless horde of the undead. It went like this for what Chrono thought was a slow eternity. Parry, thrust, block. Parry, strike, push. Like a never-ending dance with death. Then the unthinkable happened. One of the demon's hellishly black blades found the chink in the king's armor. The last three knights didn't have time to, to, to react. The skeletons came in such numbers that they were ripped apart limb by limb. Now all there was... Now all there was was the small child. The king had fallen over. His eyes had already glazed over. Chrono did not know it, but his da was dead before he fell. Thinking he could save his pa, Chrono went berserk, hacking wildly at the creatures that came close enough. The five-year-old squire literally held the very armies of hell at bay for the next five minutes. His scream was the sound of death's laughter. Even to this day, every demon in hell still spoke of how insane the young prince had gone trying to defend his dying father. Abruptly, pain blossomed in his side. The tomahawk stained red with a mixture of the demon's blood and his own fell to the ground. Both his little hands went to pry the spear that impelled his stomach. Suddenly, it was hard for him to breathe. Chrono pushed past the pain, using both his hands to rip the spear out of his middle. Without missing a beat, Chrono lashed out with the bloody spear, creating a circle of death around him. As he took his next breath, his knees gave out, and the young prince finally hit the ground, his hands braced upon his father's dead chest to hold him up. Strange, he thought. He should be dead by now. But the evil army had stopped. A silent ring was formed around the small boy. When Chrono took a deep breath and came to his feet, he had his father's massive sword in his hands. It was so big he couldn't even lift it all the way up. His blood ran cold at the chuckle of Rahidian, the archangel which shoved his hellish minions out of his way, coming to stand six feet in front of the small squire.
Do you want to play a young prince, Stoneheart? If you can lift your father's sword, I'll surrender. Try as he might, he couldn't raise the great broadsword. Thess chuckles. Made, made Chrono feel the tears running down his little cheeks. Then, the dream faded. Chrono sat straight up. The same tears running down the big man's cheeks. His hands fell to make sure that the tomahawks were still at his side. Then his eyes searched the darkness and found his father's five-foot great broadsword laying like a protective shield against Her Majesty, Lady Yaki Stoneheart. Everyone was asleep, except little Inky. Who just stared at him in, in wonder. Chrono hated sleep. He turned on his side, starting the dream over. Page one, a bloody wind. As the whirlwind passeth, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is an everlasting fountain. Jezebel de Monte, first seraphim, the voice of God. Outcast. How had this happened? Aki lifted her head, tilting it to the side so that one immensely red iris could peer through the horizontal slit in her helm. Her entire body tensed under the weight of the iron, completely insulating her body from any harm that might visit it from the outside. Trouble is, it could never save her from inside. The real danger was in camp there just behind her frightening red-hued sight. You're mine, wench. The otherworldly voice rattled through her mind. It made her nerves tense up. Her blood ran cold. How could this be? Her entire life has been dedicated solely to the cause. She had been trained since a very young age to be able to deal with any demons she might come, come across. Her people were the last that would be able to even bring the fight back against the angels, the last to soar among the clouds on the great hawks. Nemi, fly home, my friend. We'll meet again. If the war ever ends. Aki's gauntleted hand slowly closed the great hawk's eyes, her leg finally sweeping out of the saddle that she had ridden to the ground. Nimi had given his life to carry her out across the wasteland of this desert, far from the fire cliffs to the east that her kingdom lie among, far from everything she knew or ever believed she would ever know. You can't fight me. That demonic voice again rattled through her, crawling up her very spine. Enough, you foul manifestation. Aki snapped into the barren expanse of the wasteland in front of her. Please leave me be. She would have asked God for help if she hadn't already known the truth. God didn't care. His angels were no better than the demons serving in her mind. Heavy iron boots thudded against the ground as her massive gauntleted fists closed around her broadsword that hung on her back. The armor had a resting place been worked into the side. 
You will never... <clears throat> that demonic voice was suddenly scared. Her red-tinted gaze blurred. That was the first time she had ever felt a sense of fear from the demon living inside of her. She shoved the end of the five foot of, of steel into the barren earth, her right hand placing the great helm from atop her head and onto the pommel of her sword. Her red eyes seeming to pale back to their almost original white color. With the demon retreating so far in her mind that she had barely felt anything from it. This was a rare moment. True clarity flooded her mind. The freedom that she felt in her mind was something she had become to covet amidst the horror that was always with the demon. When she scanned the horizon, she saw what the demon had been scared of. It was the first time that she had ever laid eyes on him. Had ever laid eyes on that inky black nothingness that seemed to swirl around him and then breaking up and eating creation all around him. That nothingness dripped off those angelic wings of his. Nikolai Mercedes de Monte was still at least a mile out, but the nothingness could be seen for miles and miles, leaving a trail of death and destruction that seemed to dissipate as he walked. And that's first page, guys. I uh, hope you like it.